Hi, church family. I'm so glad that we have this ability to connect online. We're about to go into one of our messages and I pray it blesses you. If it does, make sure you share it with a friend and, and share the love around. Make sure that you click like or subscribe so that you don't miss any of our messages that we upload weekly. And jump in the chat so that we can connect. Even though it's virtual, let's make sure that we connect. So sit back, enjoy, and I pray that you're inspired and blessed. I am so excited to preach tonight. I, um, I've actually had this, this uh, thought in me for a few years now, so I'm hoping I communicate it really, really well. Um, uh, and just as a disclaimer, most of you in the room would know, but there's some of you who have no idea who I am. My name's Amanda. Hi, nice to meet you. Um, yeah, hi. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Cam and I are actually having a baby. So... But... No, no, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't the disclaimer. The disclaimer is if I run out of breath, now you know why. <laughs> I was um, having a bit of trouble on Friday night at youth because I ran up the stage after bouncing, not jumping, and then I had a really hard time just talking. So if that happens tonight, now you know why. Um, so there you go. We are um, in a series at the moment called Pursuit, and it's not just a series of... February and we're, we're done. This is actually a year theme that which where we are pursuing the things of God at all times. The reason we're talking about it so strategically and so intentionally in January and February is because what we want to do as a church, as, as followers of Jesus, is we actually want to put first things first. We want to make sure that we're starting the year in pursuit of who God is and what he wants for our life. And so that's why we've been talking about um, our, our holy habits. Cam was talking about that last week. We talk about how we pursue God in different ways. And tonight I really want to hit on how we pursue God when life gives us lemons. When we really just have those storms in life that we know are coming, because that's what it says in the Word. God doesn't say life's going to be you know, rainbows and butterflies. There are things in every single one of our lives where it... It just doesn't sit with us. We don't want that thing to happen. We don't want a bad situation, but they just happen. And so what we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to look at a passage of scripture and go through some of the things that all of us are actually called to do in a storm. And so the message, uh, the title of my message tonight is Pursuit Through the Storm. Are you ready? Yeah. So good. Okay, let's pray first because I think that's the most important thing. Father, thank you so much that you've put us in this room tonight. Father, that you've actually made a way for us, you've put us on your divine schedule for us to be here, and that you've actually put this message in me and made a way for this to be the message that's brought tonight, God. I just thank you that you would speak Holy Spirit through me, that you would get anything in me out that doesn't need to be there, and that it's just your words tonight. Lord, would you open heaven over this place including the homes of those watching online. We just thank you, Lord, that we are here for you tonight. We're here for you to do what only you can do. So Holy Spirit, speak to us. We are ready to hear from heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As I said, life gives us lemons. It's a bit of a roller coaster, really, because some of us, we might be feeling like up here and everything's going really, really well. But don't forget, roller coasters do that on purpose. They get you up really, really high and then they drop suddenly. And then what they do is they do twists and turns and you can feel 
uh, exhilarated, and then there's some of us who can feel like, nope, I'm never going on that ever again. If you've ever been on Claw at Dreamworld, you don't want to go on that again, because it literally spins you and turns you at the same time. And if you're not ready for that kind of thing, then don't bother. There was one time Cam and I went, and that's the first thing that we went on. We were out for like an hour. We wasted our time at Dreamworld because we were sitting there trying to recuperate. Um, so we realized we're more roller coaster people than ride people because the rides of life just, they just swayed us too much. <laughs> but anyway, I want to address the notion that it's not always easy pursuing Jesus when you're going through a challenging situation. Now, I'm, I'm addressing this tonight because you might be in a position where you, there's not really anything going wrong. Like, you're actually all good, and you're just here doing your thing, and there's really nothing for you to worry about in life right now. But this actually still applies to you because this can be your predetermined response when something does happen. But then there's also people in the room where you actually really need to hear this. You're actually right smack in the middle of a torrential storm, monsoon going on in your world, and you, just, you really just need some hope. You really just need Jesus. You really just need a direction to head in so you can actually get out of the spiral that you feel like you're in. And so we're going to read a passage of scripture out of Mark where Jesus takes his disciples on a, a boat trip and there's a literal storm that happens. <laughs> They're actually in a physical storm and we're going to see how that, that story relates to us now in 2022. So if you want to open the Bible app or you open your Bible, um, on there you'll only see two versions of it. Um, there is another one in Luke chapter 8. I really love reading the same scripture, the same story in all different gospels because you get to see what different people added to the story. And so we're going to read Mark because that has the most in it. Okay, so we're going to go, go for the gold there. Um, Mark chapter 4, let's read it together. See how I'm out of breath already? As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus, they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Good job, Jesus. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? It's like they forgot who he was for a minute. Of course he cares. <laughs> when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Everyone say calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Wow. Now, you've got to consider for a moment where this story is taking place. If you read the chronological Bible, you can actually position it in what Jesus has just been doing. And he's just gone on this big ministry moment for the last, well, that big day. That was a huge day. And then for a few days before that, he was doing a lot of parables. He was teaching large crowds. And so when he's sleeping, he's actually exhausted. So for him to be able to sleep on a boat that's already rocking, 
it's actually just showing his humanity as God in the flesh on earth. And I just think that's really cool that he can do that. But there's more to it. The Bible always has more than what you're reading on surface level. And so what I like to do, I was actually chatting with my life group this week about this, is how do you read scripture? Like, how do you read it and, and get exactly what is in it? And I feel like, as you all know, you're reading a scripture, you come around to it two years later, and you're already getting more out of it because God's just layered the whole scripture with, with deepness, so much depth to it. And so what we're going to do tonight is we're actually going to have a look at this, um, put ourselves in the story, and then, because we're not, we're not disciples on the Sea of Galilee in a boat, freaked out about the waves coming on our boat. That's not what's happening right now. We're actually in a comfortable chair in an air-conditioned room and everything's kind of good here, unless it starts raining and then we have drops on us. <laughs> um, so, I mean, if you're looking at this story, the, the easiest place for you to position yourself is actually as the disciple, right? Because we, followers of Jesus, we, that makes sense to us. We follow Jesus. We we are not Jesus, we're not the storm either, that doesn't make any sense. So the easiest place for us to position ourselves is in as a disciple. And so what I wanna do is I wanna look at the two different, well, look at the disciples and then how we relate to them. So the disciples, most of them were actually fishermen. And so they're probably the most qualified to deal with this storm. Like they're, they're even not even shocked that there is a storm, because the Sea of Galilee geographically is known to have sudden storms like this. And so it really wouldn't have been a shock that they would have had to deal with it, right? Whereas we can go into a, a situation in life, we can also walk into life knowing that there's gonna be storms. Like we know things ebb and flow in our world, things happen suddenly like the storm here. We can also see them that these guys here, they've just been called, they've given up everything, they've walked away from family, walked away from their home, they've walked away from everything to follow Jesus. They've experienced firsthand eye reports watching him heal, watching him deliver his, his purpose, his mission to the world. We've, they've seen him, all of this stuff, and then he, and then they, he, oh, what am I saying? They us like shocked when he can control the wind and the waves. So even they are having new layers of understanding of who Jesus is. And so when we go through this, we understand new layers and new depths to who Jesus is. They knew that storms were coming. We know that storms are coming. I mean, we have thing we don't have physical storms on an, on a boat, but we have things like job insecurity, tragedies. We have things like um, health crisis. We have things like even just, if you're a parent, like thinking about your kids, you've got things to worry about that you don't want to happen. Like you've got the, the worst case scenario that you're trying to prevent. There's all these things that can, can rob our attention of what is really going on and they become storms in our world. And so what we're gonna talk about tonight is how to deal with those storms in a way that actually reflects who Jesus is and reflect what he actually is called, the disciples in that moment, whether they did it or not, but what he's calling us to do. 
And the first thing that I notice is they actually follow Jesus. The first thing that they do, it actually says in Mark verse 35, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they did. Let's do this. So let's do it. I mean, as a personal example, I actually left my job last year. That was a huge thing. You guys might not know this, but that was a two-year decision to actually step out of a thing that was so secure, so consistent. I knew exactly what it was going to look like. I knew exactly how much I was going to get paid. I knew everything was secure. And then to just completely uproot is a hard decision. And to actually step into the new year not having a job, that was scary too. But the the reason why we did it is because we were following Jesus. We were following, we made the decision, every decision that we make as a couple is gonna be follow the peace. Who is peace? Peace is Jesus. And so even though it can seem so scary, it can seem so silly even, illogical to do that, we knew that we were doing the right thing and we were following the peace. And so when you step into a storm, if you step into a scary situation or a decision that you have to make, the best thing for you to do is to sit with God, hear what he wants you to do and follow. But Amanda, there's some, th- some things that I actually don't want to follow Jesus into. Okay, well then I'll question Do you actually trust him? Because that's the second thing that the disciples had to do. Unfortunately, in this example, they didn't. They woke him up scared, frightened. They were questioning whether he actually cared for them. They didn't fully recognize who he was. He he was sleeping. He was not there. What happens when a storm hits you? Do you feel like God's distant? Do you feel like he doesn't care about you? Do do you feel like he's gone and he's just left you? He's abandoned you? Because I've definitely felt like that. There's been situations where I'm like, well, how did this even happen? How did I even get here? This doesn't make sense to what you say in your word. But that didn't stop. That didn't stop right there. I didn't walk away. I didn't stop following. I had to make a decision right there to trust Jesus. The only way that you're going to be able to trust Jesus is if if you know his character, if you sit and hear his heart for you. And so really, I'm I'm actually kind of figuring out what my one point is um, as I'm speaking to you. The point is you actually just need to sit with Jesus. Because if you sit with Jesus, you know how to follow him. If you sit with Jesus, you learn to trust him. The third thing is, You represent him. This is the thing that really hit me when I read this story for like the fifth billionth time. You know, as we have layers and layers. I believe that this scripture is actually, we have the beauty of hindsight. We have the beauty of hindsight by being able to read the scripture from the perspective that this has already happened, we're not the disciples in the moment. We get to read the story knowing Jesus' response, knowing his mission, knowing the fact that he actually um, couldn't die in the boat because it was before his time, right? He's actually meant to go to the cross. So 
he wouldn't be able to die in the boat. We have the hindsight of that. And so for me, when I read this scripture, I'm like, well, am I actually meant to place myself in the story as the disciple? Well, I think there's actually a new level to that. I think as followers of Jesus, for those of us who follow and trust him, we're actually meant to place ourselves in the story as Jesus. And so when the storms happen around you, around your friends, around your family, they're gonna come to you because you have this overwhelming peace, you have this overwhelming calm about you, you said calm before, that is unheard of, that doesn't make sense. Your world's in chaos in the natural, but you're in peace in the spiritual. And so the main point that, the, that, you, that we do in storms is that we represent who he is. We take on his nature, we take on his character. We sing and we prophesy songs all the time that his blood runs through our veins and we, he's in us, he's for us, he's not against us. We sing all this. But when we're in the storm, do we remember it? Do we actually allow him to be who we reflect? Or do we actually just get freaked out and run? Or are we the type of person that puts our head in the sand and pretend it doesn't even exist? No, we're actually called to go above and beyond and represent who he is. So good, right? What a privilege it is to actually share who he is. Your world can be in absolute chaos and you get to reflect still who he is because you are so full of peace and calm. The other thing I noticed that um, the disciples also forgot about was actually honouring Jesus. Even in the storm, we honour Jesus. After the storm, we honour Jesus. We celebrate Jesus. We put him first. What they did at the end of this storm is all they did was they were terrified and they're like, who even is this? It's like they missed the mark of who he was. But the beautiful thing about Jesus is that he still calmed the storm. He still came through and he still gave them other opportunities to learn. They actually have like three boat moments and then there's another one where he calls Peter out to walk on water with him. He has control over nature. He has control. He has the dominion that he gave Adam back in the garden that was lost in the beginning. So Jesus is reflecting who we're meant to be and then he calls us out into it and that's when they actually, they get back in the boat and they worship Jesus. They honour Jesus. Regardless of what's going on, they put him first and they reflect who he is and they honour him.